0: Warning the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions.
1: Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls.
0: It's time to discuss, disgust,
2: and dissect. Alright. No normal mind can imagine. I'm going here. Aren't you drinking?
1: I never drink. Why? Fucking dead bastard. And now, introducing our hosts, the gruesome twosome, Mike, Mike and, and Jeremy. Jeremy.
0: <laughs> we are of the dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome! We are Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I am Jeremy. And today we're talking to two special guests, Dave Green and Dan McGee.
3: Yeah, I, I came across a, uh, a movie called Surprise that they did. Uh, it's an independent short film. Uh, I found them on Twitter where Bloody Disgusting had asked for people to put in some of their, their work so they could take a look at it. And I reached out to them and they agreed to do uh,
0: an interview. A very fun horror anthology.
3: Very well done, too. I mean, the camera quality is amazing for an independent film.
0: Yeah, the cinematography, and from what they had for a small budget, they definitely made it work, and it it worked very well.
3: Yeah, and they, I believe, and they'll probably talk about it, is um, they had submitted it to a few festivals, too.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk to them about their hopeful festival run and the future of filmmaking in general. Here we go. Let's zoom. (laughs) How are you guys?
2: Very good, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks
0: for being on.
1: (laughs) Thank you you very much. It's our our first podcast. What's the vibe
3: like over there right now? I know it's uh, been kind of rough the last few days.
2: Um, We've had thunderstorms all day. (laughs) We have two days of uh, heatwave and then all of a sudden we have six months of rain so (laughs) that's how how it goes in England
0: (laughs) this week looks like rain for us too
3: yeah although it was funny I was there July a couple of years ago it was probably 85 like all week and you know when you go down in the tube down like when you get low oh my god it's sweltering
2: yeah it's not a very nice heat it's uh, very humid and it's uh, yeah you don't sleep well at night and so the rain is a welcome.
1: That's all we do in England. We just moan about the weather.
2: Yeah. We, that's all Dave's we just know.
1: embracing the stereotype there.
3: <laughs> well, that's what we do in New England. So <laughs> I mean.
0: Tradition's passed on.
3: <laughs> um, so we have Dan McGee and Dave Green here. Um, so I came across your movie, Surprise, which I loved it. It was fantastic. Thank you the um the cinematography i was top notch for me that, that was probably my favorite part yeah what did you well, guys
0: do um, for a budget for that
2: it was around well, the, uh, eight grand over yeah. uh that 15 month period we financed well, it as whole.
1: The, the budget also includes uh travel fare. so 15 months was filming but that also includes location records before and, obviously, sound editing and music afterwards. Right, yeah. But and we just kind of kept paying too. for it. Yeah, we just kind of um, paid for it as we went along, really. We didn't um, pre-plan the budget. Uh, because it was a series of short films, we could just focus on funding one and then work for three months of the year and then fund the next one. So it was it was beneficial to us that way.
3: So was it kind of like fund-as-you-go kind of thing?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, just save up some money and... Get enough behind us to, so that we could film the next short film, uh, and that's how we did it. We did the first three, the first actual short films first, mm-hmm. then we did the wraparound as a four-day like shoot, and then we did like the beginning of the film. Uh, that was the last thing we actually shot, and that was I like fi- a two-day shoot.
3: I and find usually. a lot of movies actually do that. They've they've filmed yeah. the first part of the movie last.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't even have the beginning uh, written for- properly when we were shooting. We was, you know, we, we, we literally, we, we did uh, the first film, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chuckles, first, just to see that we could do it. And then when we realised that everyone got on and we could actually do this, you know, as a project. Well, that
1: was the first thing you actually pitched, Dave, the um, yeah. Chuckles as just a, a one-minute short film, really. And then we just expanded it there through meetings in pubs and you know, when, you, when you're writing it. Yeah. No. Yeah.
3: Was that the plan all along to do an anthology? or? Uh,
2: the pitch that I gave Dan was, uh, as I said, was uh, Chuckles. I wasn't actually called Chuckles at the time. It was just called The Clown. Mm-hmm. And I had um, a couple of other stories that were just like one minute ideas, really. And I pitched them to him. And the idea was to try and do a wraparound with those short stories. And I always had the idea of the, Of the club and the the competition, which is Mm. which it's around, but that that again that was just like a little idea, and and we thought that this would just be like maybe a fifteen minute shot, but then when we came to do chuckles and we expanded it, we realised that was ten minutes. (laughs) So (laughs) like you know, actually we might be able to make a feature out of this, you know, and yeah, it was accidentally a feature. Yeah, so it was an accidental feature, really. Yeah, well, the wraparound
0: story worked really well. It was uh, very well done.
2: Oh, thank you.
3: No, yeah, you guys yeah. have. Well, sorry, go ahead. Sorry,
2: sorry, you go on. Go on.
3: I was going to say you guys have done a bunch of projects together. How how did you guys actually get together?
2: Um, I was working. Uh, so I I went to film college pretty late. I was like forty four years old when I went to film college, and I was working with a friend of mine, and he was doing a short film, um, Dan was one of the actors on the short film. Um, and that's how I met Dan originally. And, and the then basically
1: from them. there, we, um, like I say, you were, you were basically the assistant director, weren't you, for the yeah. two were three days we filmed it. And then I was doing a short film for an American podcast company called Double Toasted. Um, it used to be called spill.com, like film reviews. Right. And they were basically doing for their second year of anniversary, like a little film competition. And one of the days I got Dave as an assistant director for it. And from then we basically did another short film um, parody in Interstellar where Dave was far more involved as as opposed to just being assistant director on the day. He basically was the cinematographer, director of photography and editor as well of the project. And then from there, we just moved on to Surprise and nothing since Dave. Why is that? (laughs) (laughs)
2: we've done another short film since uh that's just gone into festivals at the moment called paint the sky which uh dan's actually wrote and he's staring in as well so and it's something that's not horror we just thought we'd do something a little bit different it's more of a weepy. you know you get your tissues ready you're going to be crying by the end of it (laughs) it's it's something you know something we've never done before so it's Trying to get away from horror just for a, a little bit. Till we'll go back to horror probably next year. All the way to this year. Got a few yep. ideas. When have the world goes always... back to normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If and
3: when. Um, now, have you guys always been horror fans?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Since I since I was a child, I, I was listening to your podcast with the the other British guy. Um, can't remember his name at the moment. Ian. Oh, yeah. Ian. yeah, and um, he was talking about. Uh, he must be a very similar age to me he was talking about the Hammer House of Horror playing on a Saturday night and stuff. I, I did all that you know. I, I, I was at my grandma's uh, on a Saturday night when my mum and dad went to the pub babysitting, I would, I would watch like they'd have 50s uh, B-movie films like um, Day of the Earth, Stuff Stale and stuff like that and then later on they would show a Hammer House of Horror film so that's what I grew up on And then, you know, obviously 80s horror films I love growing up in the 80s. Like Lost Boys and stuff like that, you
1: know. I think I liked horror films because I wasn't really meant to watch them. My mum would always kick off when I'd stay at my my auntie's house and I'd sleep in in the living room. And I remember pretending to be asleep because I used to watch TV in there. And I remember films like Starship Troopers and Aliens being on when I was about eight years old and just finding, loving them that way. Yeah, the whole taboo aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like something that you weren't meant to be watching. So I can imagine in the 80s when you had films like Evil Dead and Last House on the Left, the feeling it would be to have a copy of that on VHS or whatever. Like I say, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a lot younger, so it's a different generation for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't say a lot younger, but you know. <laughs> I remember probably the first horror movie I ever
3: saw was called Alligator. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's from 1980. I think it was. I don't know, I have an obsession with them, and I'm fascinated by them, so I just saw this big giant alligator. I've got it on DVD upstairs. (laughs) Oh, it's it's great. I mean, it's terrible. I love giant
1: monster movies. I love giant monster movies. Mm There's a big creature in it, anaconda or something. I love it.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I saw Jaws on a a cruise ship when I was about 10, um, and that just blew me away. I actually watched it twice in a day. The, The cruise ship had a little cinema, and I... I remember walking through this red curtain and into the cinema and wondering what was this film and sitting down and there was a rotting hand with crabs on the screen. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Yeah, and I must be about 11 years old. And I came out of that cinema, went found my mum and dad and told them where I were and went back and watched it again, you know. It's been my <laughs> favourite film ever since. <laughs>
3: So um, let's talk about surprise a little bit. It definitely the opening definitely has a bit of a a creepshow vibe to it with that comic, like the comic book kind of opening, which
1: I thought was really cool. It was basically just we wanted to kind of um, spice the film up a bit, just in case it didn't work. We wanted, uh, like I said, it it was a collaborative project for everyone. So Mm -hmm. Dave knows a guy who has a drone. Right, we'll put a few drone shots in there. Um, I did a bit of graphic design back in college. So I thought, well, I could just use that a bit of flash animation. Um, like I say, just to spice it up a bit, give it this, like I say, a Creepshow right. vibe, because that was obviously a huge influence with any anthology horror that you do. You have right. to pay homage to Creepshow or, you know, be aware of its existence. So we just kind of took the blatant one and just went, right, let's make it a comic book. Let's not look like we just ripped this off. <laughs> so
0: you guys pretty um, much handled everything or every aspect of the movie. Directing, writing,
2: yeah.
1: casting, Editing, movie. casting, making sandwiches. Yeah, too, um, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, a, type. it was pretty small crew when you're on set. It's uh, me and Dan a cameraman and sound man and, and the actors more or less, and that's it. You know, right. it's, not, it's quite a small crew every every time we were shooting. You know? Right, and every,
3: you know, other than like the bar scene, sleep. Like, there was really only the same like few people.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that was the selling point of the film, really, because you were getting the same group of actors. And when you pitch it to them, because like I say, it was the first time we did something this big um, as people behind the camera as creatives. So we were, we were figuring that as someone who does a bit of acting, you can get these actors playing three or four different roles in the same film. So when they do a showreel, they could use part of each film and it looks like four different projects.
3: That's why I like like American Horror Horror Stories so much, because yeah. I love seeing you know the, the actors in different roles and see how they you know they kind of change up their style a bit.
2: Yeah, yeah that, yeah. that was the idea. It was to try and give each actor a diff- a completely different role from each film. You know, so like Patrick's playing the evil clown and then he's a detective <laughs> in the next one, and, you know, right. And he was originally in the third one, but we couldn't. When we came to edit it, it just didn't work. So then we wrote into uh, the wraparound that he'd actually gone away from the table, and then he comes back. That's why he comes back because we right. just put him into the third one, which was a shame. But that's what happens when you're, you're editing, and you, you know it just wasn't working. Yeah, and we we also had like uh, the guy who plays Byron. He was going to be um, in the bar, the wraparound. Uh, but we couldn't get him for the, the four days that we were shooting, so we decided to just put poster up in the in the club. So he's actually there on the poster. Um, so so there is you know that connection each time. Uh, I did um, notice
0: a lot of Easter eggs you guys put yeah, in. Yeah, a little Easter egg. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah if, you, if you're fans of horror, you'll know there's a lot somebody. of. <laughs> 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 I wish I wish I had a, a copy of the menu because the menu that they read on the drinks menu. Obviously, I listened to some of you guys earlier and you talked about From Dusk Till Dawn, which is one of my favourite horror films, and it's certainly an influence on surprise. Um, There's a drink in it called the the Titty Twister, which they drink, which is the making of documentary for From Dusk Till Dawn on the special edition DVD. Um, But on the actual drinks menu that they read, we didn't get a shot of it, but all the drinks are named after certain um, horror icons or films. There's so many Easter eggs on there which is a detail that we didn't even put in the film, but it was there on set. Well,
3: I noticed, I noticed on the um, actually the clown picture, I noticed you had um, Haddonfield on it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's one of the Easter eggs. <laughs> that, was,
3: that was pretty cool. Um, so they, I mean, they all meet. Lori, was it La- Laura? Laura. Yeah. Laura. She was fantastic. She yeah. was absolutely fantastic. And I loved her, basically, I don't give a fuck kind of attitude.
1: Mm.
3: Actually, I think though, the line that, that made me laugh was, which um, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. And she's like, what? And Debbie's like, what? And I've got goes, nothing no, to say. I've got nothing to say. I just want you to stop.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure she's listening. So she'll, she'll be loving that.
3: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so I saw surprise first and then I was turned on to, you know, a Friday the 13th fan film and I saw her in it, and I'm like, holy crap that's the chick from
1: uh, from surprise which i didn't expect that she's, she's done a lot of a lot of horror films i, th- I think surprise was one of the first ones but because it was filmed over 15 right. months she's done a lot in between she I noticed in america that. quite a lot yeah yeah she's won quite a few awards with this as well so makes us look good <laughs> makes us look like we did our jobs right <laughs> exactly best picture award
0: for it too you guys definitely did a great job. We've,
2: we've been nominated um, for Best Feature and Best Directors. So we'll find out on Monday with Will Men for mm-hmm. a festival called The Scene Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, Good so luck. We, yeah, we'll find out Monday with Will Men. Fingers
3: okay. crossed. Actually, another, one of the other guys I like,
1: uh, Archie. You use him in a few of your films. <laughs> I love Archie.
2: Yeah, Archie's uh, a
1: character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you give him the script and he just kind of goes off and makes it his, his own. So he reads it on the day, on the day of. He doesn't read the, the rest of the script or anyone else's dialogue, just his. And then he'll just kind of ad lib it because he's a comedian. So that's why I, I want to use him in every film that I do. He's like our Stanley. He's like our lucky charm.
3: Yeah, because in, in the second chapter, when uh, Patrick goes to tell him that, you know, he met the chick on Tinder and he's just like, Tinder? <laughs> I, I, think, I thought he was going to turn around with like a, what the fuck is Tinder? But
2: <laughs> yeah, and the idea was to to have him uh, eating in every scene as well, bit like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. Where I wanted him like who's eating crisps at a, a you know a crime scene? You know <laughs> nobody does. we he's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just adding like comedy moments like that in it, really. We will be crying laughing editing it, you know, actually. I mean, the, the end scene, the, his monologue at the end scene, uh, where he's like, roll up, roll up, everybody. You know, there's about six takes of that with all different dialogue uh, that is just hilarious. Um, but obviously well the,
1: the, the ending of Sweethearts, not to give it away if anyone out there uh, wants to watch the film, but he has, at the very end of the film, we kept rolling for a good eight minutes. And it was just all improv ad lib. Coming up with anything, I'm going to bury you under the Rose Garden. You could all this shit.
3: <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, no, all the times that I've seen him in your shorts, he's been absolutely
1: phenomenal. Hopefully many more films to come anyway, because I'll be writing him in everything. <laughs> Surprise too. he's in there. <laughs> well, I feel like everybody like has their favourites. Yeah, I think... I think um, Personally, Patrick, I think, had a lot more. I know Dave mentioned earlier, but he had so much range in the film where the first thing we shot was the clown. And like I said earlier, we you use what you have. And Patrick mm-hmm. used to be a, a professional boxer. So he has a, like a, a piece at the front of his mouth that when he takes out, he's got a few teeth missing. And it just kind of adds a little uh, creepy aspect to it when he's playing a character like that.
3: Yeah, I noticed like right away, the difference in his in his range
1: yeah i think as well we had a we had a table read we didn't do many for it a lot of them it was just on the day filming hoping that the actors knew the lines because we didn't really have time to meet up beforehand but for the the social club we did have we did meet up and he was playing it very different than he did in the film and he clearly went away for a few weeks came back and completely changed his performance because we had no real direction for him he just absolutely crushed it
2: yeah, it's an easy performance in, in the club to go too far one way you know and he kind of reined it in a little bit and that was perfect for what we wanted right. um, so we're really happy with his performance fantastic all of them re- all of them really you know we, we became like a family you know over 50 months you you do and uh i think they were all fantastic every one of them
3: oh they are absolutely so where, where did most of the budget actually go for
2: this? Travel expenses, um, catering, <laughs> you know, um, mainly stuff like that. I mean, that, that was like, that would be our budget he, each time. I mean, a lot of the, the crew were, were, were our friends and would, would work for free, you know, just travel expenses. Right.
1: Travel like expenses, that. hotel, if people were traveling in um yeah, the, al- the alcohol we film at a lot of bars <laughs> so we paid a lot of people like that that's I how i paid myself
0: Friends to work alcohol <laughs> exactly
1: part of the budget, <laughs> exactly
0: okay. no where
1: where, where Who, did you guys most
0: the costumes you guys had some really good costuming
1: yeah
2: i mean that's just uh fancy dress shops the clothes charity shops charity, charity shops. shops yeah we, we'd go into manchester and uh Go
1: to all we'd the look for stuff that Elton John would throw away for the models. That's what we'd use.
2: <laughs> and people's own costumes as well. They'd just bring their own stuff or at eBay. Even just getting some stuff off eBay.
1: Where would you get the police uniforms? Was that was that eBay?
2: Yeah, the police uniforms were off just off eBay. Yeah, uh, I've still oh. got them. So we've we actually used them in other films as well. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just like yeah, eBay, Amazon. Just the cheapest we could get, really. Mm. Uh, now,
3: is this mainly filmed in Manchester or that area?
2: Uh, yeah, Manchester and uh, Bolton, which is just about eight miles out of Manchester. So, like the reservoir in Sweethearts is literally, and the, the house in Sweethearts, that's my house. Oh. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, and the reservoir is at the back where I live. The, base,
1: the basement, the pub basement is my basement. So, I don't go in there now,
2: yeah <laughs> uh, so in chuckles the the pub um is my one of my local pubs that I've been going in since I was like eighteen, and I knew the landlord and they they would uh they would let us use the pub from nine o'clock in the morning till three o'clock when it opened, so we just had like a six hour gap to film as much as we could, and I think we did we did that in three days. And then the cellar that she goes into is at Dan's house. So that's in Manchester. Um, yeah and the Byron's was
1: house, in Whitby.
2: Yeah. Byron's house is uh, my wife's boss's house. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like any location that we could get for free, really, we would we, we would write it round that as well. You know, if I knew I could we knew we could get a boxing club for a Think we did. We we had to pay for that, but it wasn't a lot. So I'd write down to the script. You know, I knew knew we could get a boxing club, so let's do it. You know, you write around what you what you can get, really. Yeah, we
3: were we were actually up near the Whitby area when the last time we were over there, and I'd much I'd much rather spend time up there than down near London.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereabouts were you near Whitby?
3: Uh, Uh, We stayed at Rosedale Abbey. Oh
1: shit. I used to go camping a lot around there, so um, we were actually meant to film in Danby, which is is not too far.
3: Yeah, because we we spent two days in New York, but we stayed like so. Where we were is about an hour north. I, th- I think it was yeah. So yeah, Rosedale Abbey. Um, my mother had a friend in Middlesbrough, so
1: that's where I'm from. So that's awesome. <laughs> nice. it's a small world, isn't it?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like so Whitby, when we were uh, filming in Whitby, that's probably our uh, most expensive location because there was uh, five of us. Uh, Everything we went to, wrong. Yeah, uh, Dan can tell the story of uh, why we filmed in Whitby and where we, you know, uh, but we had to pay for a hotel there, and so that was expensive. You know, we had to get um, Jurg up from London. Um, Guy who's from Saving Private Ryan. So uh, yeah, he came up from London. So I had to pay for his train ticket. Steamboat and Willie, right? Steamboat Willie, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we he was fil- we he's London based, and he applied for a student film that we were making years ago when I was a student. So since then, I've just figured that we could get him for something. Mm-hmm. He's been in a good amount of you know big films. He's yeah. he's. He's so professional. He's he's unreal. We didn't need to do anything when when he rocked up, but um, it was a bit of a nightmare because we were meant to film in Danby, and we had this location because we Jörg basically plays the fourth writer who writes the stories that are told in a right. film, and that a, a character that he wrote years ago, the um, the man in black type figure in the Stephen King world. Mm-hmm is manifested in the real world and, and, and comes to collect, basically. And we, we had this location planned for months and we wanted like a little cottage, a little recluse cottage where he could just write his books. And if we were filming on the Saturday, I get a phone call on the Monday saying that the owner of the house we were filming sadly passed away and that the funeral was on the day we'd be filming there. So Dave, I phoned Dave up, telling this, I phoned all the casting crew. We'd had this plan for so long, we'd paid everyone's travel fair hotel saying, look, I don't know what's going to happen because the script that we have, we can't really use um, because we can't film it there. And we'll just have to take a loss on this shoot. And then Dave rings back up that night saying, look, we're in Whitby. Why don't we just film in Whitby? Cause it's quite, um, it's, you know, it's, it's got a lot of culture when it comes to horror, but then it just meant having to rewrite the entire opening. So that night I just drank a, you know, a lot <laughs> and woke up the next morning seeing what I wrote, and it just happened to be, I think, the best part of surprise, in my opinion, the opening. Um, and I think it's just because you're pressured into it. And there's a lot of money on the line, so I can imagine what it's like when you're actually dealing with funding from elsewhere. So right. it's certainly some of that you take on with, you know, if, if I'm making films in 10 years' time with budgets from elsewhere, it's something that you keep the, the mentality, really.
2: I be- you did it. In the hotel room that we stayed in is that that's where we actually filmed whereas on the tight ride right at the beginning the first shot of the film is yep. the hotel room that we were staying in that night oh wow
3: <laughs> so i i, I kind of wanted you to to give us your like what what was your thoughts like on the on the third chapter like what was the thought process like behind it because honestly byron was my favorite character in the whole thing i thought he was fantastic
1: He's yeah. the best name as well, I think, Byron Vanderbilt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, the actual it, name, the name came from, I think it was a Twilight Zone episode. Um, that's where it came from originally.
1: Oh, you nicked it?
2: No, not, not <laughs> all of it. I'm, I'm just like the phrasing of the, the chapter more than the actual name.
1: Oh, yeah, the Last Rites of... Da, last da, da, da. I, I think you meant you nicked the name.
2: I think there's uh, the Last Rites of... I can't remember the name of it, but it's a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Um,
1: Basically, we wanted each of the chapters of surprise to be influenced by a different aspect of horror cinema, really. So the the, the first one was kind of insidious jump scare horror, um, more contemporary horror. And then the second one was almost like Twin Peaks, like a TV murder mystery detective thing. And by the third one, we just wanted to be a bit more experimental. So it it was a mix between obvious influence like Neon Demon uh, mm-hmm. The work of Nicholas Winding Refn, uh, and also we took a bit of David Lynch, so it was kind of a, a toss up between the two.
2: Yeah, then it became like as we were writing and coming to film, and the Harvey Weinstein stuff came about, and we was like, "Wow, we're, we're hitting the nail on the head here with this character. You know, he's, you know, he's a horrible guy who's treating this woman horrible, but
1: but he act he acted it so well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, Garth.
1: He's been doing this for years, man. He's a pro. Yeah, he's really I'm, fucking. Yeah, I mean, his, ass- ass-
3: his assistant was okay too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've all got our little cameos uh, yeah. within the film as well. I play uh, Debbie's dad. Yeah, you're right uh, at the
1: beginning. Yeah, right at the
2: beginning, and
1: he's I'm in it in. three times.
2: Yeah, well, three
1: yeah times. Well,
3: well, you guys were also on the, the online the, the sweethearts page. Uh, yeah. At the end of chapter two.
2: Yeah, you're catching everything. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I, I, He's actually watched, watched
1: the film, Dave.
2: Uh, <laughs> but you, you, you know that these things are there yourselves, but you're not sure if the audience are going to catch these little, right. little things. So it's nice to hear that you are, you know, people are. Um, yeah, I mean, I bump into Laura on the street in Byron. That's me. Mm. And actually, I'm in the club as, as a vampire. But you... I'm just off camera slightly. I think you only see a little bit of me. But yeah, I spent all day like. Uh, I did the vampire first because I had to shave my beard to to look like a a little goatee, and then, like, the next day uh, I shaved it so it was a, a mustache for, to play dad. And as soon as I'd, <laughs> as soon as I'd shot that scene. I went to the bathroom and shaved off the mustache. <laughs> I'm not walking around with a mustache all day. Do
1: yeah, we filmed me in a school, Dave. You can't be wearing that, mate. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a red flag. <laughs> um, now, now, Dan, do you,
3: do you prefer the acting side of it or do you prefer the production, directing, and writing side?
1: I prefer the writing side of it, to be honest. A lot of the really? times I hate being on set as a, a director, I just like working with actors. Um, oh. I do like acting. I, I started it off really just because it was networking. Most of the actors in Surprise are people I'd met previously on other films that I'll take mm-hmm. on. So, with Elliot, who plays the antagonist of the film, I was acting opposite him in a student film. And his voice and his prowess, I just figured, like, I have to use you for this, uh, you know. So, then when we wrap that short film, as we're leaving, I go, Elliot, do you want to uh, play this character in this feature film that I'm making in a few months, you know? Um, but yeah I do, I do love acting but I haven't done it in I mean we haven't, we haven't been making films for three months now this, this right. whole lockdown thing and normally I'm, I, I do a bit of everything uh, production assistant a bit of makeup, uh, whatever's needed um, hmm. I'll do it but I've just not been I will not say I've not been motivated but I've not been surrounded by other creatives to
3: Right I mean it's, it's hard to it, it's hard when you can't really be around people
1: exactly yeah and you don't know when it's going to end so i had a few acting showreel pieces that i was going to film in april time but then everything was in lockdown so we just kind of pushed them back to whenever this ends really right. i'd like to say that I've been doing a lot of writing but i haven't just because it's hard to be it's hard to motivate yourself you know right. so you have to just keep surviving
0: yeah it's hard so- to be inspired unless you're out and about in the real world exactly exactly
3: yeah so I had sent, I had sent Mike occupied. Yeah. Which I watched, actually I just watched that about an hour ago, again. And granted, I mean only seven minutes, but wow. I mean, that was that was a pretty, pretty impactful
0: seven minutes. Was yeah. it uh, significant that you chose seven minutes?
2: No, uh, it actually it was a lot longer. Uh, originally I cut it down. There was a lot more dialogue about halfway through between the two characters. Uh, so the two characters are trapped in a toilet, and uh, there's a terrorist attack going on in the restaurant, and they're coming to terms with that. Now, So, yeah, about five minutes in, there was about four minutes cut out of it, because oh, wow. it, it, it slowed it down, and I needed the pacing to, you know, so that it felt... It, to me, when I watch it, it feels like a three-minute film. You know, it feels mm. half the length. It does. It actually is, so... Um, yeah, that was a film that I did um, like three year, three years ago. That, <laughs> the cost of that was um, five packets of crisps, five <laughs> bottles of coke, and five uh, sandwiches. <laughs> that, that was the budget. So I had a I had a camera cameraman who was going to come, and he he basically told me three days before that he was going to Australia. So I. Literally, just use my own camera, and it's just me in the cubicle with the two characters and uh, well a mic under the cubicle door. So, <laughs> and and we just filmed it like that. So there are some trick shots where they're just against white walls because I couldn't get the camera. Right, luckily it's just a white cubicle. But yeah, it was a fun fun shoot to do. It was. Uh, I storyboarded everything before I went in, so I knew what shots I needed and. And that's so. Yeah, it was good. And it's done a few festivals. Uh, it's done okay, but uh, yeah. But I think the timing was was kind of wrong with it as well. When it when it was doing the festival circuit, it was a time when uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in Manchester. I mean, the Manchester bombing was well, right. uh, at the Manchester Arena was on a Tuesday, and I was showing it to the producer on Thursday. Oh in, God. I think uh, yeah, I think all the Manchester Bombing was Monday. I'm not sure, I can't remember the day, but uh, yeah, it was like three days later. I was showing it to the producer, and it just felt a bit too like the nail on the head, you know. It's like, and I think that's why it, it did okay at the festivals, but I think it could have done better. It, it yeah, just well, I mean, sad. it was
0: definitely very real, and I think that's what made it so scary.
2: Yeah, I mean, it showed at uh, a festival in Manchester, a Kino Festival, which is a massive festival, and I was there, and there was a few people crying in the audience. So it had a good reaction, you know. You get, if you get some emotion out of someone, I think that's good. You know? Yeah,
3: no, I def- you definitely feel the anxiety of mm-hmm. um, you know of what's kind of like happening and the unknown.
0: Yeah, of uh, the helplessness. Right. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, loved, I just love the script. It, it was actually uh, a company that uh, one of my tutors at college, she runs um, a script writing course. She does a script writing course. And she just came with me with a script and said, do you fancy doing it? And I was like, yeah. You know, so I was actually filmed at my college, even though I'd left. I I'd I'd, I, think I'd i been left for about six months, something like that, and we went back to college to film it. Got permission to do that, so yeah,
3: it was good. The other one, the other one that I sent him was um, in the dead of night, which
1: actually is uh, ah. that was so cool. <laughs> it was different, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was an experimental short film. That's that's what was made for, really.
3: But the editing was fantastic. I mean, just like the just like the, the, the snap. Which,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so the idea for the uh, for the people who were listening, the idea was it would cut between day and night. Um, the problem with doing that is you have to do so many takes of it, and also right. often you don't take, you don't pick the take that is necessarily the best acted. You'll do the one that matches closer to the the night shoot that we shot previously. But it was it was different. It was uh, it's something that we'd like to develop into something a bit more. But for a little low budget horror film, it was fun to do. We basically had um, we'd we'd shoot on the night, and then we would film the following day. And the uh, director of photography would basically live stream what we were shooting and would overlay that on top of what we'd shot the previous night to match it up closely. So it was just uh, trial and error. Tatum's are doing so many takes of it.
0: That's Scarecrow.
1: That was
0: was (laughs) Scarecrow. I'd like to see that guy again.
2: You're you're looking at him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm the sca- Well, at the end, I am, I'm saying, I'm, the, I'm the scarecrow at the end, in the last few shots. And I think it's a different action in the beginning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you played it at the end, Dave.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Overplayed it.
3: <laughs> so, with all, I mean, everything going on, I know you said it's kind of hard to write and get projects out there. How do you see this kind of impacting, like, the film industry or movie industry, like going forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, like just with ourselves, it's like we, we this year we was going to put surprise into a festival, into the festival circuit, but in uh, America, because we've only done it in England so far. And it's like, is there any point, you know, is there actually any point in putting it into festivals? Because nothing's being shown. It's all online now. Right. You know, so there's no cinemas no screenings, live screenings, it's just all going online. So it's, it's difficult because I, I just put it off till next year. I'm just waiting till next year now. I mean, they're saying the cinemas are opening again uh, next month in um, the UK. But a lot of the screenings that they're showing that they're saying are like going to be old films, like Singing in the Rains on And, and Jurassic
0: <laughs> Park actually was number
2: yeah. one last week here in the States. Right, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think there's not going to be much out at the cinema this year. Um, no. So, you know, it's not, there'll be a lot of big budget films coming out hopefully next year. <laughs> I think that'll be the back end. If not the year after, it might even take right. that long, you know.
3: Well, even like television shows, like the second halves of their seasons have been delayed. Yeah. You know, till, till next year.
2: And I've started like watching TV now, but I'll only watch series that I know are finished. Right. (laughs) You know, so I'm going back to series that started 10 years ago and watching old series rather than starting new ones, because I kind of don't see the point because it might never finish. Right. So I'm I'm doing catch up at the moment.
3: (laughs) So my wife and I were, were, we're big into the show Vikings and we had just like finished. It's the last season. We just finished the first half, and we're like, when the hell is it coming out? And I looked up, is they had to they had to halt, like production.
2: Oh, yeah, because that usually like each season has a big break in the middle, right. doesn't? It? So yeah, because I watched that. Uh, yeah, but I've not even that. I've not started watching the new season because I'm just like i I wait till it's all finished, and then I will binge watch them. Binge it sucks because this season is so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting because especially where they're releasing cinematic, like cinema movies on like Amazon Prime.
2: Yeah.
3: And, you know, is is that going to be the future? I mean, we're supposed to have movies open up Monday. Is it Monday or the following Monday? I'm not sure.
0: Uh, So I believe the 30th is phase two.
3: No, the 30th is phase
0: 2.268 times. I don't know, but I can't see people flocking back to the theater right away. They're not. Drive-ins though are doing really well right now. Yeah. yeah well, you, yeah. you live well. You live right down the street from one. And I haven't even got to go.
2: <laughs> I think they've been doing okay over here as well in the UK. They're doing some drive-ins. Uh, I know there's a drive-in in Manchester, but well, I've never been to it. it comes again. Yeah. So,
3: so who knows? I mean, I've been out of work for the last three months, and I keep getting pushed back. And so, I mean, we don't, we don't know. And then you got states like Texas and Florida who are skyrocketing. You know, in thousands and thousands of like new cases every day. I mean, we're we have like maybe a couple hundred every day, but I think we're a little more
2: disciplined with our precautions. Yeah, we, and we just do it for the whole country, really. They're just uh, yeah, like, but it's quite. It's about 130, I think, now a day. Uh, are dying. I'm not sure how many people are getting it, but in Bolton, where I live, with I think we've done about ten days now with no deaths. So it is, you know, it's starting to look better. There is a, you know, a future there, hopefully. You know, that we're not all stuck indoors. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's but,
3: definitely, it's, it's. I mean, it's definitely something. I mean, none of us have ever been. You know, we don't know what to do.
0: been <laughs> through this before.
2: I mean, I'm I'm a postman, so I'm like key worker, so I've been like really busy for the last you know since it started. But yeah. my wife, she's on the furlough, um, so you know everyone's not sure what's going on. Mm. People are starting going back to work now, so but then we're just waiting for you know the second wave and all that. So right. yeah. oh. I mean, like with surprise, I think like we're not putting into festivals as much as we wanted to this year, then maybe we can consider like going onto Amazon Prime and trying to get it onto kind of network. We'd love to uh, try and sell it to even the idea would be great to just sell it to somebody. Uh, if there are any, if there are any producers out there, you know, listening, <laughs> uh, we would love to, uh, like remake the film, but on a bigger budget and and flesh it out a little bit, flesh the characters out. Uh, now when we watch it, we, we we've got more ideas that we could do, and we have an idea for surprise two and three as well. So we've got it as a trilogy. But it's just you know, hopefully we can get it out there I and mean, people. Well, I I,
3: I, know, I know, Mike had told me, and I felt the same way. It was when it was over, you know, we we wanted to see more of it.
2: Definitely, yeah.
0: yeah. So the way you guys stretch that budget, I can only imagine how well you would do with a big
2: well, time. We, we have like ideas like uh, for surprise two and three that like pushes the budget that we couldn't afford, really. Right. So, and, and we're not really a, a fan of Kickstarter. We feel like it's a bit like begging. I don't know. I don't know people <laughs> feel about it, you know. But, but, uh, that's I think I
1: you want to go legit, don't you, Ruby? Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean... A lot of, a lot of I, people are doing that now. Rob Zombie yeah. funded one of his movies doing that. He just gave people incentives and it's like yeah. they're being
2: rewarded. He, he's crazy. got CDs in his garage he can give away, aren't so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Rob Zombie doesn't really need a Kickstarter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he funded a whole movie like that just mm. to see how it would work out.
2: Yeah, which, it's which, which, much right In the future, I'm not saying we're totally against it, but for our first feature, we just felt, you know, we were trying and finance it ourselves and see where it went, but we didn't want to do the Kevin Smith route where we've mortgaged our house for it, you know, we, we want to just save up a few, you know, a bit of money and then try and see where that all stretch us in our budget, you know, luckily we've got enough people that we've met over the years. That'll help us out with that as well. It's all about networking and knowing who you, you know, people you know. Right. That's that that's really it.
3: Which um Mike, which which movie was it that he had
1: through Kickstarter? Thirty one. Oh, is that the that, the Carney film, the yeah. traveling yeah, okay.
3: Actually, a co coworker of mine let me borrow it, it's still sitting on one of my shelves. I, have to, I, <laughs> I don't, I have don't to think I've it.
1: seen the last I've done that, I've seen the last couple films that he have done. I love Devil's Rejects, but I've not even seen the last one.
0: It, Devil's Rejects is definitely that's
1: his the best. That, that's, that's amazing, because House of a Thousand Corpses was kind of just like a collection of music videos, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah it was kind of like uh Texas Chainsaw homage. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then Devil's Rejects came out, and that was Texas Chainsaw. But he... that's,
2: that's like what happened after Texas Chainsaw, isn't it? It's like as if the, film it's like
1: the un- unofficial sequel, isn't it, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah that's how it
2: feels yeah it's a good film
3: so what are like what are your go-to horrors like if, if you're just you know you have
1: nothing to do you're sitting at home what, what do you go to uh, <laughs> something something fun yeah, that's, sh- that's, that's the kind of horror I yeah. like something yeah. something you're drinking with a few mates and you want to just put a a gory film on blood tits big monsters that's what I like <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the three best aspects
1: of uh, horror? <laughs> no, not at all. But just, just I, I, I think my favorite is probably from Dust Till Dawn, but then I like just anything that you can have fun with, really, because I, I don't really get scared by a lot of horror films. So films that people say are scary and, and great films of the last 10 years, just, I don't know, films like Insidious, I, not for See, me. See that? And that's the movie that kind of got me re, like,
3: back into, or kind of like, changed where horror was going, in my opinion. I mean, I could be
1: wrong. I like Sinister. I liked Sinister. I, I did, that, too. Yeah, I, I thought it kind of did the whole insidious thing. But I don't know. There's a better,
2: resurgence of like, haunted house films. And I love haunted house films. Yeah. Like, my favourite film horror film is The Haunting from the 1960s, the original one. I mean, that's a, that was a film that terrified me when I was younger. And it's showing less You know they show they show too much these like the conjuring and stuff like that. They'll always have like the scary nun or whatever. And I I like to see less in my horror films and and let my own imagination take over really, especially when it becomes to haunting films. Mm. Um, You know, I don't need to see the ghost. You know, it's more it's much better if you can hear it. Right. You know than actually see it up front and then it jumps towards the screen. You know. Um, like the original haunting there's no effects in it whatsoever it's all done with sound design and it's absolutely terrifying at 17 years old uh, I saw that on a in my bedroom and my mum and dad had gone on holiday and watched that on tv by myself at like two o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep all night absolutely terrified me so hearing yeah,
0: noises everywhere
2: yeah so like <laughs> But mainly, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm we down. I'll go with the fun stuff. Just if I'm on a Saturday night and I'm having a few beers, you know, put Evil Dead 2 on, or, or you know, Lost Boys, or you know, stuff like that stuff that's just fun. And you know, and that's kind of what we wanted to do with Surprise as well. You know, I, I think a lot of horror films have, have forgot that aspect uh, these days. They're all going for the jump scares every two minutes, right? They get to tell an actual story that is a bit fun. You know, I, I start to get bored with a lot of horror films these days, and I, and
1: I think they take themselves too seriously, don't they? they
2: yeah, they do, and, and and they're like two and a half hours long. Like, do they really need to be this long? Do do you really need to explain everything? Right. You know, leave it to the imagination a little bit and have a bit of fun with it.
3: See, and that's why I loved like like Shaun of the Dead so much because they didn't yeah. take themselves serious. I mean, they probably, I mean, they took it seriously, but they didn't take themselves seriously. If you know what I mean.
0: Yeah yeah
2: exactly right yeah. tell they were having was, fun doing it right yeah they were having a laugh as we were filming definitely you know and and that's what we surprised we were like you know we just started laughing a few times you know and you know it was a fun fun time to be you know on set and you know we're all friends and you know that and that's what that's what you need really
3: right i mean probably doesn't get better just hanging out with your friends, making a movie hopefully yeah. make some money off of it I mean I, like I said the production quality was spectacular
2: thank you I mean it's what is it uh just digital digital cameras there's nothing special about the cameras it's just uh I, I think the way they used really more than anything I, you know camera guys was fantastic you know what they did well done, Pete. pay't well pay <laughs> uh, oh, with this free of them with this free camera guys Well, i mean one was oh
1: going. yeah yeah pete was pete was um throughout though yeah he
2: was throughout.
3: yeah but i mean i've seen some some indie films and it just they don't and like you said
1: it could be just the camera work it's just they just don't look good i think i think what it is even though we were working with a small budget we wanted to be as ambitious as we could with some mm-hmm. of the shot setups and we, we didn't want to feel limited to what we could do or couldn't do with yeah. a budget. So we just thought we'd try it. I mean, there's some shots in it that we spent an hour setting up and we didn't even
2: use. Well, there's some crazy, the first few like, there, days. Was,
3: there was some crazy like overhead shot. I'm, now I'm assuming you just, just use a drone for that?
2: Yeah. 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 Just a drone, yeah. Uh, the, the pub shot uh, with, with the drone in Chuckles, I mean, that, that took a long time to do because the first drone that we got, the wind caught it and it flew into a tree and broke. Luckily, oh. the camera guy had a he had another drone, so we at that was at my house. So we had to drive to my house, get the other drone in, and and, <laughs> and get it up again. So that took all day just to do that one shot, you yeah. know. luckily, we could film other things within the pub while while that was going on, you know. So I would so there was like some some days where I'd go off with some of the crew and lounge on Sweethearts, I went off and filmed some stuff. While Dan was filming some stuff, so we'd have two cameras going. To, one time because we know we didn't have that much time so yeah it's all because of budget really you know we would love to have you know a week just filming sweethearts instead of like what three days four days
3: so i don't know i think i think i already asked you guys but i mean you don't really have anything planned for the future just because you're kind of limited um where like where can people find you i know dave i got in touch with you on twitter yeah. But your, your Twitter handle's kind of long
2: for me to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we're on uh, Vimeo. Um, <laughs> he's
1: reading it out. That's, it's too that's, long, that's he's reading why, it.
2: That's long as well. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, we've not... Because we, we're still going into festivals, we've not really put it out online properly. That's why it's on Vimeo, and it's kind of... A lot of the time, it's locked, so people can't watch it. Because right. uh, a lot of festivals don't like, you know... It, so that's why it's not on YouTube yet. Um, I mean, the idea really is eventually it'll go on Amazon Prime or, you know, we'll go on Amazon eventually. Um, in the future, maybe next, ending next year, it'll go on to Amazon. Um, or we might get a deal and make it again, and then it'll be at the cinema. <laughs> that <laughs> you know, that like, would
3: be, that'd be awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because we, yeah, they, we've got big ideas for it, really, and uh, it it's it's bigger than our budget, you know. Which is a shame.
3: I suppose you can't you can't uh, disclose some of those ideas, I guess, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll do it. <laughs> well,
2: well, surprise two is um, more of a oh, rule. Yeah, I'm off. I've had, I've had a beer. I'm off. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. So Yeah. <laughs> It's, a, it's like a, we wanted to do a road movie and uh, even the idea of like getting other directors into shoot shots to put in there and we just did the wraparound.
1: So, so basically the, the, the second film is, we want it immediately taking place, we might as well tell them, fuck them.
2: Yeah, tell
1: them. It, <laughs> it, it, it takes place uh, immediately after the first one, so it's them trying to get rid of the bodies um, and because it's set straight after, it's also on Halloween night. And there's a radio show of people phoning in to this radio station, telling stories, and it goes into those stories. So it's similar, there's a Tom Hardy film called Lock, which is set entirely in the confines of a car. It's basically that, but as a horror film, really. Yeah.
2: And then the third third one, we're going away from uh, the short stories. We want to tell a bigger story. And we were thinking of something a bit more like um, Dream Warriors, where they go into the mind of Elliot, our character, and uh, try and find out how they can stop the apocalypse. Which you know,
1: is... the director of VHS4 is sat there with a pen and paper. Oh, it. he is, you know. He's <laughs> all this shit down.
2: Copyright, <laughs> copyright. <I'm taking>
1: it. <laughs> copyright, yeah. That's how it works, Dave. Just say copyright after everything. <laughs> that's how it works. Loose lips sink ships. Remember yeah. that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no oh we, we do have
1: some ideas we'd love to kind of do a like i say a sam Raimi comeback remake it with a budget but uh, for what it is we're, we're still very proud of the first one and what we did with such a small budget and since oh, then yes, we've, should be. we've met so many uh, so many people making it that we've worked with since pe- extras who turned up for the social club scenes and then we ended up using as director of photography for other films really
3: yeah, no, you guys should totally be proud of it. I mean, like I said, it is. I thought it was cinema quality. Yeah, it didn't. Know, my, make
0: an eight thousand dollar budget. Thank you.
2: Yeah, so it's a lot of hard work, but we yeah, we're very pleased with it. I mean, if it never, if it never gets remade, then we've got something that we, you know, we're very proud of. You know, and the, the time that we spend, you know, as I said, we've felt like we've become a little bit of a family with these people. You know, the, the good friends now. You know, and, you know, I, obviously, Dan's not just uh, someone I've worked with, we're we're good friends, you know, even though we've not known each other that long, really, you know. So, yeah, hopefully in in the future we can get to make it into a trilogy, even if it's low budget again, as I said. We'll
1: do it animated. (laughs) I'd watch it. (laughs) <laughs> we'll do a David Lynch. We'll just get a load of human-sized puppets and yeah. and do a race ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
3: No. I mean, I I hope you do, guys. Get it out there so people can see it. Other than you know, just on Vimeo. Yeah. We'll
2: we'll we'll link it to your um, Twitter page and all that as well. So we you know you've done that for us anyway. But uh, yeah, if we can get it to a, a wider audience. That would be amazing. You know, instead yeah. of
3: yeah. I mean, we'll. We'll plug it as much as we can. I mean, we, it's all it's all, it's all we can do. You know, get get people to watch it.
2: Yeah. It it is a labor of love for us, and it is just friends getting together. I mean, even like um, the the song at the end, um, that's that's my mate from school's band. You know, <laughs> I reached out to him. It's a band called uh, Black, Black Sheets Sheet of Rain. Black Sheets of Rain. So you can check them out on Spotify. Uh, and I, I just yeah, I just reached out to them Do, you, and said, do you, you've do not you you said
1: where stuff? they can find you yet I know I that's you what mean? he asked 10 minutes ago <laughs> watch your Twitter <laughs> all
2: right. what is it vimeo.com three five nine five four eight one three.
1: oh god <laughs> Um, I'm on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) Surprise
2: of the movie on Instagram
1: I think there's a link I've got um, so basically I've I've been keeping busy I've been doing a few posters just to uh, keep busy during all this (laughs) crazy time and through October I want to do a few horror films maybe two or three posters a a week to upload so I wanted to ask you two guys um, what films do you want to see what do you want me to do hmm like any, like any movie? Anything, anything. anything Because I've been doing, I've, I've done all of uh, Christopher Nolan's films for the release of Tenet, but it keeps getting pushed back. So I've got some time to do some other posters. So I'm looking at maybe 10 or 12 posters to do. So I wanted just to, I don't know if there's a, a favorite horror film you want or one that I should check out. Which which poster should I do? Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead.
0: Awesome. That's a pretty good one and it kind of feels Yeah,
1: the one with Bob.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I think Jeremy likes Friday the Thirteenth as well. One of you
3: does. <laughs> yeah. That, so. yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big I'm I'm a big Friday fan.
1: Which one's your favorite one? It changes. <laughs> I swear to you God. You say it the changes. eighth one. Don't <laughs> no, no. Oh no! <laughs> I love the one where he goes to Manhattan. I was the one with the <laughs> space? Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, that, that, that one was. X. X.
3: Yeah, that one was fun. Shut up.
1: Is that the one with the, know, the space? Know, is that the one with the uh, the sleeping bag? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, Two good I th- death
3: scenes there. I, I think part six is my favorite, just because I mean, they, they, they basically made a parody themselves and it just looked like they had fun with it. Um,
1: my other is that favorite the one, the kinetic one.
3: No, that was part seven.: seven.
2: Oh, I should have yeah, next school.: <laughs> Yeah.
3: <laughs> but um, that was part six and part four, channel, final chapter. Those are my two favorites.:
1: Is that the one with the kid with the puppets?: yes. The first one. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The final chapter. Yeah,
3: that's the one with the cover where he has the mask and the dagger through the eye. Oh, there were Uh,
2: other films after the final chapter. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Final chapter of the first book.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There's even more after the final Friday.
2: Yeah, we, we we should call surprise free the final chapter.
3: Shall we? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, but you, I was so happy you guys decided to come on the show. I mean, oh, this you.
0: was fun.
1: Hopefully, it's our first podcast, man. This is our you know busted our cherry with this one.
0: Well, well, glad we could do that for you. You're like I'm so Elgort.
2: I'll never be the same again. <laughs>
0: But um, Actually, I have a question for you, Dan. I saw on your resume that you can do a Boston
1: accent. I would love no, to hear that. no, 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 no,
0: no.
1: no. <laughs> oh, no. I information. <laughs> so my Boston accent is basically—have uh, you seen Black Mass? Johnny Depp? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's basically that. So I'm not going to embarrass myself right now because I'm, I'm trying to be an actor here and I'll never work again. <laughs> Come on, I'll it's like everyone. You the- I'll send you the audio.
0: That's fine. Sound Apple, like Mark Wahlberg. Doing that bad Boston accent. They're from Boston. <laughs> it's true. They
3: do get <laughs> oh, what was it? Was it the departed? It was just
1: a whole movie full of bad accents.
0: You mean the departed?
1: Yeah, the departed. The departed. Yeah. You sound like Ted. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, he's from he's from New England too, Seth MacFarlane.
1: He's from Rhode oh, he? Yeah, that's a small world. You yeah. get these guys on. <laughs> um, but uh no, thank you guys so
3: much. Um, we had a blast talking to you. Hopefully, we can talk to you guys again.
2: Yeah, you
3: know probably. later on, you know any other future stuff that you do, or even just to shoot the shit.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. We'll have a few beers and chat
1: i at it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go to the pub yet, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is the uh, um, and at least at least we're social distancing on uh, this Zoom thing, so you know. Well, there you go. Stay um, safe, people.
3: <laughs> Thank you guys so much again, and check out surprise. I'll post the link on our Facebook page. Mike can throw it up on Twitter, and I'll throw it up on Instagram again. And
1: you guys were awesome.
0: Thank
3: you, Legends, guys.
1: man. Legends, nice one. Good luck with the show, guys. <laughs> yeah, good luck with the show. Take
0: <laughs> the fun. luck uh, on yeah, Monday. Enjoy listening to it.
1: Yeah. I'm going to work on my Boston accent.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I expect I expect a sample. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll work on our English accents. <laughs> I'll work on mine as well. You know what's funny? I, 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 when we were over there, I said to my wife, I'm like, I kind of want to just order something in a British accent, but I feel like they'll know
2: I'm faking it and just they'll get super pissed yeah we we watch brit we watch british films and go where's that accent from that doesn't sound <laughs> like us <laughs> we're, we're, we're from the north we're john we're like john Snow, you know <laughs> well,
3: I, I used to work from with a guy who who lived just outside of london and but he had that thick like cockney accent
2: yeah yeah
3: so i mean It'd be funny, I became his interpreter because our boss was just like, what, what the fuck did he say? I'm like, oh, well, he
2: said this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I watched the gangster films to know what he says like. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: all right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good,
1: good luck with everything. And uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you very much, mate. Honestly, it's been, uh, it's been fun.
0: All right, I think that went uh, fairly well. That was pretty fun.
3: It was actually they um, they they're pretty pretty laid back guys.
0: I think Dan was D- drinking a little bit of whiskey there. I know it, yeah. over there it's about nine o'clock now.
3: Yeah, I wish I knew. I would have not been a pussy and drank the seltzers.
0: Is that what you were drinking? I thought you were drinking spiked seltzers or something weird. Yeah, it's all good. I'm drinking Bud Light. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's but... still early over here. We're pre gaming.
3: Although, so I I feel like we should give out their their social media information because one it was actually pretty hilarious because Dan called them out on it was yeah. um, so
0: Dave Green's Twitter handle is at g r e six zero eight six five seven four seven d a v e that's a lot of characters hmm. and uh, Dan McGee's on YouTube you can hit him up. Hermitage Wanderer. Hermitage Wanderer. It's H-E-R-M-I-T-A-G-E-W-A-N-D-E-R-E-R. He's got a lot of videos up there. Some of them are a little spooky. Some of them are hilarious. Go check them out.
3: Absolutely. And you can find him on Instagram. It's me, uh, McGee, myself, and I on Instagram.
0: Funny. I like that. You can also reach us on Instagram.
3: fans of the dead one
0: also on youtube fans of the dead we're also on twitter at fans of the dead one the number one
3: also find us on facebook as always fans of the dead
0: you can hear us on podomatic spotify itunes hit us up at fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com leave some feedback some suggestions for topics maybe a possible interview you want to be chat it up <laughs> <laughs> whatever man just just uh, drop us a line as always have fun be safe peace